0: You're listening to the Grassroots Church Podcast. We're a Jesus-centered community in Thunder Bay, Ontario. You can learn how to participate more by going to our website at grassroots.church.
1: Great. Well, let's start with prayer. Thank you, Father, that we can meet here this morning. And we thank you, Jesus, for sending your Holy Spirit. You didn't leave us as orphans. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're among us and moving even when we don't see it. Amen. Okay, so we can start the slides here. So in church tradition, last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday, and uh, when we think of Pentecost it's it's from the Greek word fifty, so fifty days after the first day of Passover, and it, it's was a, a Jewish festival that they celebrated giving the first fruits of, of the wheat, offering the, the first uh, crops of their, of their wheat. And we know it now, if, if you see the picture there, you can see the. it appears as flames over the heads of the disciples. So that's probably what we think more of living at this time in church history. Um, So the fourth marker, the Holy Spirit empowers us to partner in God's work of reconciling all things, a clarified mission and a fresh empowerment. And we can go to the next slide. And when we're thinking about empowers us. We're thinking again of not just as individuals, but as as a group, as God's people, as a church. So I'm going to show you a few pictures. This is not an exhaustive collection. I want you to just think when you hear the Holy Spirit, when you hear that word, what what comes to mind? Is it a certain portion of scripture? Is it a certain experience you've had, a certain way that you've seen God work? So I'll just, we'll show a few pictures and I just want you to think about which one you connect with the most. You can see here a mighty wind. And we have images even from the start of Genesis about the spirit hovering over the waters. And you can see some people really uh, experience the Holy Spirit moving when they're worshiping individually or corporately and connecting with other believers, maybe unity in diversity, in prayer, uh, the Spirit, God's Spirit giving direction when we, when we humble ourselves and, and meet together and pray, uh, unity among diversity. Maybe that's Maybe that's the experience that you relate to the most. And then you can see kind of the everyday, the evidence of God's spirit in his people, the fruit of the spirit. And then we also have, you can see the dove on the the tombstone there, the dove on the cross. So some of you may immediately think of The Holy Spirit coming down in the form of a dove when Jesus, after his baptism, and think of new life coming out of death. So we all have, this is just a a very short list of, um, if you take a minute and think of which one do you relate with the most from your, from scripture, from your experience, and today, we we're asking God to reveal uh, even more to us about, how, about who he is in his spirit and how he wants to work among us. Okay, next slide. So, and he writes, those in whom the spirit comes to live are God's new temple. They are individually and corporately places where heaven and earth meet. And this is reinforcing what Amy and Vincent shared in the previous weeks to be saved includes belonging to a community under Jesus called to live the life of the future now. So remembering it's it's the challenge the countercultural thing with our individualistic society. How do we how do we counter that tendency in our society? so the spirit can dwell among us as as he wants to. Okay. Okay, and John's going to come up and read Acts 2, 1 to 24. This is from the NIV version. This is our main text for this morning.
2: Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came... Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd.
1: All right. There's a lot there, and we'll just touch on a few things. Next slide, please. So the background, so that was in Acts 2. Acts 1, the disciples were still kind of fixated. So Jesus had died and risen and was appearing to his disciples through this time, and the disciples still had this idea. This is about us. This is about our peeps. This is about Israel, right? This is about us breaking free from oppression, this political system. So they were still asking, Lord, in the Amplified version it says, asking repeatedly, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So still kind of a narrow vision there. Okay, next one. And Jesus told them to wait for the gift my Father promised. You you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we can see that the Spirit challenges our control confidence in self, and our failure of imagination. So a lot of these ideas you will find in the Jesus Collective, in the the podcasts, and in the notes. And when I first listened to the podcast, um, God put his finger, by his spirit, put his finger on this control thing. I I like to plan ahead. I like to organize. um, And... This is a strength that, when it's overdone, can can I, I have to watch because there can be this spirit of control there. So I don't know if anyone else can relate to that. But uh, so when I was listening to the podcasts and looking at the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit works, that was one thing God put His finger on in my life, and. Um, again, we, we like to be competent in what we do. We like to be well-equipped, planned ahead and all of that. But where does our ultimate confidence lie? Is it in ourself or in God? And the failure of imagination um, refers to... So sometimes we just... It's, imagined, it's hard for us to imagine how the spirit might be moving in ways beyond... Or outside our control, so it's again that perspective, like the disciples had. Like you're restoring Israel, that's it. And the way we view things, sometimes we limit the spirit because we uh, we fail to allow the spirit to enlarge in our imagination with other ways uh, he might want to work than what we are. Controlling. Okay. And so this is from NT Right Online, Jennifer Loop. When the spirit arrives, people's expectations and assumptions are disrupted as they're called into something new. So if you think of the disciples, again Jesus died, rose again, appeared to the disciples, told them, Wait. Um, the Holy Spirit will give you power. And the, so they would meet together. They would meet together and pray regularly. And I, I am confident that they didn't expect this linguistic thing to happen, you know, with people understanding, all the people in their diversity, understanding what they were saying, the Spirit. I, I, don't, I don't think that was in the disciples' plan. Okay, next slide. The spirit is on the move in and around us, but the spirit's activity is a challenge to our sense of control, management, and know-how. It's hard to give up control. This process can produce legitimate fear and anxiety. It will feel like a risk because it is. Right, And even at this stage of uh, selling the building and going through the process of, pastoral search, selling the building, trying to be open to how God's leading us. It's, you know, it's, it's not really that comfortable for most of us and kind of risky. Okay, next slide. So at Pentecost, God created a new language, but it was a language that is more than words. Okay, so there was the linguistic miracle going on, but it's instead a community whose memory of its Savior creates the miracles of being a people whose very differences contribute to their unity. We call this new creation church. A community with our memory of Jesus there. Yes, next slide. So this is our our marker phrase that we started with, the sentence, the Holy Spirit empowers us, right? Not just me, but empowers us collectively to partner in God's work of reconciling all things. Okay, let's move on. So in the podcast, Tanya Harris calls the Holy Spirit the great democratizer. Now, at first, I didn't really like that word because... I start thinking of politics, but when you think of the meaning of uh, to democratize, to make accessible to everyone, then that was a bit more helpful. And so if we think of how uh, Peter was seeing this as a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy about God will pour his spirit on all people It's not just one particular type of person here. We've got a diversity here, everyone. Okay, next slide. Now this is very small, but this slide, this picture is just to show um, one of the things I grappled with when when I lived with my family overseas in developing countries was anytime I went out my, of my house door, I would be confronted with uh, very real and pressing needs. And some of you may experience that in your day-to-day life here. But just right when I went out my door, there'd be, you know, someone who needed something um, living in a, a developing country. And so, you know, I started to grapple with, well, What's going on, you know, what causes poverty? And just one kind of ideas is about the broken relationships that we have. So with ourself, with others, with the rest of creation and with God. So this is just one schema that might be helpful for us to think about uh, why sometimes things aren't quite working right. Okay, next slide. And we'll see if this video shows. Again, I wasn't specifically, I'm not specifically endorsing Tier Fund, which is an a NGO, like a charity in the UK, I believe. But uh, this video seemed to show well what we're thinking of, why, why we need reconciliation. All right. So I just thought that illustrated a bit. It, it doesn't really go into the separation with creation, but as far as, as with, with people and with God, um, I found that a bit challenging. Now, and Mother Teresa, if I recall, mentioned that loneliness is the great poverty of the West, so we're not just talking about, oh, you don't have some stuff. We're, we're talking about, you know, there's a lot more to poverty than that. So loneliness is the great poverty of the West. So the Holy Spirit is partnering with us to bring this, you know, the concept of shalom, healthy, thriving relationships between us and God, us and each other, us and creation, us and ourselves interiorly, um, bringing the kingdom. So you can see when we have healthy relationships. You can see it's not just on the individual scale. It's a little bit too small to see, but we've got in the outer rim economic system and religious system, political system, and I can't even see what the other one is. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Social system, good. So it's also on the macro, the systemic, level that we're looking at, that the Holy Spirit empowers us to bring change. Okay. Next slide. So, Jodi Wilson-Raybould, in her book, True Reconciliation, calls everyone to be in-betweeners, she calls it, between different silos. So that's the concept that we're all kind of in our own little walls. We've got our walls, our own little place. Um, so she's talking, about, she's talking about the truth and reconciliation, um, how in practical ways everybody can work towards that in, in our society here in Canada. So between Indigenous and non-Indigenous in your spheres of influence. So that's one way, in-betweeners. Okay. So to bring it back to our community here, part of our vision and mission we have... Our statement, we long to cover the earth with the selfless love of Jesus. So we've looked at how Jesus' love is cruciform. You can see the image with the cross. It's, we saw in the video, talked about it's costly. Okay? And we've talked about uh, sacrifice, sacrificial love and we need god's spirit we need the holy spirit to empower us Um, and i'm so thankful that god didn't say do this this and this and just leave us but that he empowers us by his spirit and that's his uh, that resurrection power to to cover the earth with the selfless love of jesus and in the podcast, I Am Dyer says the kingdom of God is brought about by one act of love at a time. So you may have experienced something really extraordinary, like the disciples, when it looked like the flames and, and speaking, people hearing them speak their languages. So that still happens today. I, I'm very sure about that. Um, and But also... We, we don't have to think, well, the Spirit's not working in me because, you know, my life is pretty ho-hum, and I just have my daily grind, changing diapers or whatever, making dinner. Um, it's good to remember that, you know, every act of love is part of part of building God's kingdom through the Spirit. And Tanya Harris in the podcast, reminded us every expression of the Spirit is going to look like Jesus. So in John 14, Jesus said it was good that he was going. So he could send his Spirit to teach us and remind us of everything he said. So the Spirit isn't just off doing his own thing, you know. It, this is, he's teaching us and reminding us of everything that Jesus said. Okay, next slide. All right, so here are some things that may help us. Um, we, I encourage all of us, including myself, to pay attention, slow down, wait, pay attention to discern what God is doing. And so we remember that the Spirit arrives in ways that can challenge and defy our expectations. So we think of the disciples, they had no idea. They were just being faithful. They were doing the whole hum. They were meeting together. They were praying together regularly. And at that time, then, then the Spirit moved among them. Um, so we just want to make sure that we can discern what God is doing, and not just in our crisis times, like, oh, we need to pray about a building, we need to pray about a pastor, okay, let's meet, and then that's done, and okay, we don't need to meet anymore, you know, we'll wait till the next crisis, and then we'll, you know, we want this to be a regular, a regular thing, like the disciples were meeting together, um, regularly praying. And, and one way I've found that's been helpful for me is when in home groups we would meet together and part of the time we would read, this, read some scripture and then have five or ten minutes of silence and just let God speak to us through his spirit, through his scripture, What listen for what God wanted to say and then we would share with each other. So. I found this a very uh, practical and I don't think it's a very threatening way to try to practice this uh, communal discernment. And um, even just taking time with maybe a family member or a friend that can help build those, those muscles that we need uh, for discernment, for communal discernment by the spirit. And Adam Dyer calls it a gospel of participation. And I'm trying to remember why he said that. (laughs) But he was saying it's not a gospel of privilege, it's participation. It's because it's not just for me, it's everyone is participating. Again, in home groups. So we would take time to listen and then we each would share. You know, we believe that God speaks to everybody not just the person who has the MDiv or something, right? So we would be able to build each other up. First, we would listen to the spirit. So it, that was one way of communally practicing this discernment. Okay, next slide. Repent. So we can see how the Holy Spirit challenges the disciples' nationalism. When are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Come on, you died, you rose again. This has got to be it. And it's about more than Israel, right? It's about to the ends of the earth. It's about everyone. And the Spirit challenges the barriers and walls we build to limit the kingdom. So... I'm sure we all have ways that we don't discern that the spirit's at work and, and we, we limit the spirit that way. We can also grieve the spirit, okay? So move closer to God and people. So again, this is about the kingdom and shalom, healthy, thriving relationships be, we, between me and myself, and then me and others. In a community, creation, me and God, it's all part of God's desire for his kingdom among us. Okay. So, as we get to know the people around us and as we pay attention and repent, we will be invited to see and participate in the Spirit's work. Next slide. Okay, so these are some questions. I think probably next week we will have some time to share about these. I'd like to take a few minutes of silence now after I read the questions just to give us time to think. If you journal, you might want to write in your journal or you can think about it during the week at home. Um, I'm more of a slow processor, so... When it's time to share in groups, I like having time beforehand where I know kind of what some of the questions might be or whatever. So I don't know if it might be helpful for some of you. So these are some, I believe, some of the questions that we'll be looking at in in our small groups next week. Is the Spirit revealing to you any places or areas in your life that might need to be disrupted by the Spirit's work? Or maybe revealing an area that there's a spirit of control. That could also be something. What are some moments in your life or that of your community where you have seen the spirit at work? What is an action step, prayer, or risk you can take this week to live in faith that the spirit is moving okay so even when we might not easily see the spirit moving but we want to move ahead in faith so i'm just going to give us about two minutes of silence now you can start thinking of those questions
0: well thanks robin for sharing this morning um so much to reflect on as we consider the role of the Spirit in our lives as individuals, but also especially as a community as well, and His saving work that's taking place, and His reconciliation, reconciling work of all things. Um, as I uh, have been going through, you know, Jesus' collective stuff and, and, and looking through these five markers, um, this particular marker has... has it's funny, it's, it's, it seems like it's the least controversial one on one level, uh, but on another level, it is the hardest uh, one, because we are, it, re- it requires just a posture of absolute humility and openness to what God, through His Spirit, can do through us. And uh, and so for me, that's, I mean, I like to have control. I like to be in control of things, sort of what you were saying, Robin, and just to submit to the Spirit's guidance and His direction, and just this wild, untamed uh, force um, the force of love that he can do all sorts of things through us if we're willing and open to letting that happen. It, it's, uh, it's scary. (laughs) Um, but that's really what we're, that's what we want to be about because we know that only through his spirit can we take on some of the challenges, some of the, um, the big ask of us as followers of Jesus in this world. Uh, there is just, um, there's just a world of hurt and brokenness, and we are called, in a world of separation, we are called to be agents of reconciliation. And, you know, those are big big words and, and big kind of concepts and stuff, but really it comes down to, like, in our day-to-day interactions with people that are tough to get along with, people um, that are difficult to, to love, and we're called to love them. And we know that we can only do that kind of stuff through the Spirit's work in us. So that's kind of where we're at, and I really appreciate the uh, the sharing this morning, Robin. There's lots to think about. Again, take a take a snapshot of these these reflections, uh, maybe with your phone. I don't know if we can put those up just for a second. If you take a take a picture of that and and um, meditate on these questions this week and next week, as uh, we kind of share together in our in our community, we can you know bring bring some of the ideas and some of the thoughts that come to mind as we uh, spend this week thinking about these questions. Um, this morning we're going to, before we just sing a song, I'm just going to lead us into communion, and again, a, a natural sort of transition to this as we uh, consider what communion represents and um, how we as the body of of, of Christ are, are called to, um, you know, to take these elements, to take these elements. Uh, this tradition that has been going on now for thousands of years and to, to contemplate what it means to each of us as followers of Jesus. Um, and I started last week or the week before or something, I can't recall when we did this, just trying to form a bit of a liturgy around this to kind of have um, a bit of a ritual that is hopefully deep and of, of, of substance and of meaning for us as a community instead of so just kind of coming up here each week ad hoc and not really... knowing what to do. So I I thought I'd continue that this morning, reading a little bit of of this. Um, And actually, I'll ask everyone to stand as uh, we prepare to sing, and as I just read this, Um, again, considering um, the bread and the cup. So as we come to the table of Jesus, I want us all to know that all are welcome here that this bread symbolizes Jesus' body, broken for us, and this cup symbolizes Jesus' lifeblood, poured out for us. We are asked, we are commanded, in fact, to partake of this bread and of this cup, remembering the love that unites us, the grace that flows through us, to be shown to one another, and of course, to a broken and hurting world. This morning, we want to give thanks for these elements, We want to give thanks for this very simple meal, this practice, as it nourishes our spirits, as it deepens our communion. And may the love we've experienced empower us to spread this compassion, this justice, and this peace to this world. May Jesus' inclusive love guide us. May his divine grace sustain us And may his compassionate spirit empower us. Amen.